Welcome back. My name is Lynn Wilson. Welcome back to Hope for Today. And my goal today is to equip you for this week with something that's practical and encouraging that you can use through the rest of the week. I have a question for you. Where are you going? Where are you going? You know, when we see a toddler and they're, they're scurrying off and you hear their little diaper crinkling and, and you see them and they look back at you, what's our natural reaction is, where are you going? And they usually look back at you and they have a little smile and a giggle or they might even look a little mischievous and sneaky and then they take off. You know, and then when you're a kid, I remember hopping on my bike and I was all excited, you know, maybe my friends were around or maybe they weren't, but you learn to ride your bike and you get on your bike and you're so proud and your mom or your dad or someone says, where are you going? And you're just so proud of yourself that you're on this bike and you're hoping that they look at you because you wanna show off. You know, then you become a teenager and uh, you jump in the car with your friends and you know, you're getting a little older now, a little bit of an attitude and mom says, where are you going? And you look back at her with a dirty look or a look anyway, as if it's none of your business where I'm going. I'm just going. So my question to you, again, is where are you going? Where are you going in life? Where is your mind going? Where are your hands going? Where are your feet going? Where are you going in general? We're going to take a look at the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. We're going to look at a man, and his name was Jonah. It's a, um, for most people, a familiar story, almost to the point where um, children's books have been written about it. And I think sometimes people don't know what stories like Noah and Jonah are real because they've been portrayed in a very characteristic form. But Jonah was a very real story. He was a real man that uh, lived a real life and, and made some mistakes like you and I do. And the story is very simple, what happened. And so I want to take a look at uh, what, what he did. So Jonah was asked to do a job. The Lord came specifically and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. He told him where to go, and I want you to preach to these people because they need to know about me. So Jonah looked at the Lord and said, over there, that place, are you sure? Do you have any idea what those people are like? That's a wicked city. You want me to go where? Now, if the Lord has asked us to do a job, I think he already knows, I know that he already knows where he's sending you. And Jonah, you know, being a human being and probably not having the best attitude and his heart obviously wasn't in the right place, questioned the Lord. Now, we might question the Lord in a job, Lord, really, me, really? You know, out of maybe a little anxiety or a little fear, but still with the right attitude, I'll do it, but are you sure we're okay to do this? The Lord needed him to preach there. The Lord had a specific job for him to do. What did Jonah do? Instead of saying, okay, Lord, you're gonna have to come with me. We're gonna do this together. He didn't, he ran the other way. And I can almost hear the Lord saying, Jonah, where are you going? Nineveh's over here. Jonah ran that way. And I could hear it over and over. Jonah, where are you going? The Lord knew where he was going. You know, the Lord prompts us many times, Lynn, where are you going? I've told you to go over to the right. You made a left and a sharp turn. Where are you going? So Jonah got on a boat thinking he could hide from the Lord. There's no hiding from the Lord. You know, I don't know, like we almost pretend like if we put our hand up, the Lord can't see us. 
we are so silly. We're ridiculously silly. So Jonah gets on this boat. Now there's a storm. Obviously, the Lord brought a storm. And Jonah's sleeping on the boat, and there's a storm, and the men are yelling, what's causing this storm? Who's causing this storm? What's going on? I don't think it was a little ripple in the water. I'm sure it was a fierce storm because they were frightened. Jonah comes up and he says, it's me. He knew, it's me. Lord, it's me. I know, I know, I've messed up. So he says to the men, just throw me over. Now, if you were in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of the sea, and there's this brutal storm going, would you tell your friends to throw you overboard? You have no idea other than the fact that you're going to be thrown into these waves and this storm, that you're probably going to drown. Jonah had to think, I'm going to die. This is it. It's over. I messed up. I'm going to die. Throw me over. So they did. They threw him over. Jonah had no idea what was to come. He probably figured he's dying. I can't imagine being thrown into this, the ocean, the water's coming up, gulping water, choking, sinking, sinking, and everything turning black. And he's thinking, this is it, it's over. All of a sudden, a large fish. Many books portray a whale. We assume it's a whale because that's the largest fish we're aware of, but the Bible doesn't specifically say that. It says a large fish swallowed him up. Jonah had no idea this was going to happen. You know, the Lord gave Jonah a second chance. Jonah had no idea where he was going, but God knew. God scooped him up into the, this belly of this large fish. Jonah was in there for a couple of days, and through this time, he repented to the Lord. Lord, I need to do what you asked me to do. How many times has God allowed you, and as you thought you were drowning, as you thought you were at a point of no hope in your life, God scooped you up. It maybe wasn't the best place. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine sitting in the belly of a whale? There's no lights that you can turn on. There's no Facebook to say, hey, guess where I am? You can't text message a friend, can you come help me out? I mean, it's dark, it's smelly. I can't even imagine what it was like. I don't even really know how much he knew where he was and his surroundings. And I, I just picture yourself being in a belly of a large fish, a whale, something like that. So here's Jonah sitting in there and he finally repents and the Lord gives him another chance and the fish spits him out and Jonah lands on the shore. And Jonah goes to Nineveh and he preaches and lives are transformed. God told him what to do. God equipped him with what he needed. These people were wicked, but it didn't matter. God allowed his words to come through. Jonah to these people and they were transformed but you know what Jonah went and preached and then he left he took off he went out the city gates to go sit under a tree he didn't even stick around to see what happened he he didn't really even think much of these people so he went and sat under a tree and again the Lord's saying Jonah where are you going again we get to a point in our life where we're doing what God has told us to do half-hearted maybe Jonah went and did the job, but did he do it right? If, I think if he had been all in, he would have stayed to see what was going on, but he turned and he left. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's probably, you know, if you've ever done a big job, you're, you're tired, you're weary, emotionally, physically. So he went and sat under a tree. Okay, we'll give you a few minutes to rest. 
God knew his heart. God knows our heart. You don't even have to pretend. It's, it's black and white. The Lord sees all, knows all, knows us. So here's Jonah sitting under the shade of a tree, and the Lord sends a worm to nibble out the leaf and pierced a hole in the leaf, and now the sun is beating down on Jonah. And Jonah's now not in the shade, and he's uncomfortable. He's got the sun beating on him. Now, most of us would say, you think he'd get it this time. I mean, the Lord had to throw him in a, in a storm and almost drown him and then swell, swallowed up by a, a large fish and gives him a chance. And oh, you think he'd get it, like the Lord really has a job for him. And then he leaves and he goes and sits under a tree and the Lord basically gently nudged him by putting this hot sun on him to say, get up and go finish what I told you to do. Instead of Jonah getting it, like, you know, you want to go, hello, he turns to the Lord and complains to the Lord, what are you doing? I'm trying to get some shade here. I'm trying to get some rest. And he complains to the Lord. Yeah, and we look at that and he's like, what is Jonah thinking? How in the world could you complain to the Lord? How many times have I did the same thing? How many times have you done that? The Lord has given us something, an opportunity of a lifetime to serve him, to do something. It might not be this gigantic thing that everybody's going to know about. It might be something nobody will ever know but the Lord. But the magnitude of what you did, if nothing else, you obeyed God. That's what he wants. He wants our obedience. He wants our heart. He didn't need Jonah to preach to those people. He could have picked somebody else. He wanted Jonah's heart. He wanted Jonah to do that job. Jonah's heart was not right. So now Jonah finally gets it after complaining to the Lord, and he goes back and he finishes the job in Nineveh to find that there's revival. Lives were changed in a wicked city. Where are you today? Where are you going? What is God prompting you to do that you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I can guarantee you, you're squirming in your seat. You're thinking, how did she know? Oh, I can't believe it. I just got a text. I got a phone call. I read in my devotion, heard a message on church online on Sunday, heard a message two years ago in church when the pastor was preaching about something that I knew I should have done. Are you the Jonah? Are you running from whatever God told you to do? Maybe you've already run. You know, we have men and women in our addiction recovery program. If you don't know about America's Keswick, our heartbeat is our addiction recovery program. We have the Colony of Mercy for men, and we have our place for ladies, and it's called Barbara's Place. And time and time and time again, you'll hear the testimony, I ran. I was running. That is the phrase they use all the time. What are you running from? Where are you going? You know, when Jonah ran, he ran and got on a boat. He wasn't by himself. He was with other people on this boat. Now this storm came. You know, when you run, you don't just bring yourself. He was bringing all these other people down. They were on the boat with him. That storm could have turned that boat. They could have all drowned. When you're running, you're never alone. When you defy and you deny and you say to the Lord, no, and you run the other way, there are other people in that path that are affected by that decision that you made. It's never a one-person situation. There's many that are involved in that. How many times has the Lord spoken to you and prompted you and maybe, okay, you've ran and now he puts you in a place of timeout, let's call it, and you had time to think 
and he's removed, like Jonah, he removed distractions. You know, we're in COVID-19 right, uh, right now. We've had time at home. Some people have had time off of work. Many situations, whatever you're in, but we've had time. That's the one thing God has given all of us. He's removed distractions. You're not with people. You're not surrounded by activity. Everything's shut down. Everything's closed. You can't be driving. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Your car? Where are you going? Everything's closed. Now things are starting to open up, but for two, three months, we had no place to go. God made it silent. Just like now, it's silent. Listen to that. That's when you can hear the still, small voice of the Lord prompting you again. Where are you going? Lynn, I gave you a job. Where are you going? So now you've had this time and we repent. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. Got it. I got a second chance. I didn't drown. I got a second chance. So he puts you back on the shore where you need to be. And you go over to that place where he wants you to serve or speak to someone or whatever the case might be. But in your mind, are you saying, really? Does God have any clue what those people are like? Does God have any, that guy over there, he wants me to share the gospel with him? I don't even think he deserves it. How many times, if we're honest, that we have actually felt that, I, you know, that guy's a jerk. I don't like him. The choices he's made. We can look back in history over people that when we read in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, it doesn't say if these 10 people or if your name is this or your name is that. It doesn't say that. It says for whosoever. And we can look back in history, and I won't mention names, but people that destroyed people's lives. And we look back, there's no way God could have died for them. And that's a type of hatred that we can muster up in our head toward people that there's no way I want to share the gospel. I don't want to serve those people. I don't want to do what God told me to do, but we go and do it anyway. Or maybe you go and you do the job and on the way you're saying, Lord, I, I don't, I, I can't speak. I, I'm not smart enough. I, I don't have the wisdom. I, I stutter when I talk or I mix up my words or I, they're going to make fun of me or, or, you know, I don't fit in with those people, whatever the case might be. You know, if you missed my podcast last week, I talked about there's always enough. If you missed that, go back and check it out. With God, there's always enough. And if he has prompted you and called you to do a work as big or as small as you might think it is, he has given you enough to do the job. He gave Jonah what he needed. So now we're at the place where God needs us to be. And we've preached, we've taught, we've created, we've served, we've whatever it is that God has asked us to do. But sometimes in the middle of it, we take off. How many times have you been doing something with a group of people and you're like, where'd they go? Where They left. I've been in situations in ministry. I can remember one time we had a large event where I was working and as soon as it was over, within 10 minutes, everybody was gone. And there was me and my supervisor left in a field. Cleanup had to be done. Things had to be put away. You know, lights had to be turned off and equipment ca gathered and whatever. And he said to me, where did everybody go? Where did you go? You know, then the Lord might, you might take a break. Lord, I need, I need five. I need to catch up. I need to catch my breath. Okay, that's cool. 
I'm going to go sit over here just five minutes. The Lord isn't mean and, and angry and saying that you can't take a breather, you can't take a breath. But in doing that, you already know your heart. Really what Jonah was saying is, I'm done. I'm going over here. I'm going to chill. I'm done. He didn't even stay to see what happened when he preached to these people. His heart was not there with those people. The Lord gave him another chance. This was the third time the Lord had to go, hello, where are you going? And caused that heat to come through those leaves and finally woke Jonah up to go and finish the job. You know, we can look at the life of Jonah and think, when is the guy going to get it? You know, God caused a storm and swallowed him up in a large fish and then had to spin him out and send him back. And then he gets there and he doesn't even finish the job and he goes somewhere else and the Lord has to prompt him again to go back to finish the job. In the end, it was all good. You know, we have a lot of times the worst attitude, the worst thought process, and we, we get in our own way. If there's a job to be done, God will get the job done. He doesn't need us to do it. He wants us to want to serve him. He wants us to have a heart for him and his work and his people. He wants us to have a heart for the unsaved. That's the whole reason we're here. We're not here just to enjoy the day and, and grab some rays and go sit on the beach and put our toes in the sand and have a great day and call it a great day and that's it and I don't need anything else. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But when you're prompted and you're sitting on that beach to talk to the person in the next blanket, be it six feet away right now, doesn't matter. If you are being prompted, you have a job to do. If you just go get a cup of coffee and you're standing in the Wawa or in the grocery store and people are whining and complaining and the Lord's prompting you to share something, just a word of encouragement, you have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. You might think I've only said this, but in the meantime, that person has, the stage has been set and God has been speaking to that person. And that one little phrase that you said was the icing on the cake for that person to make the right choice. You know, there are many decisions that we have to make. God prompts us to serve him. God prompts us to get our heart right. God prompts us to come back to him. There's another choice that needs to be made. And I have a question for you, just you and me right now. No one else is listening, just you and me. Where are you going? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? Ooh, that's a bad word. That's a bad place. It's not the word, it's the place. Where are you going? Have you made that choice? Has God been prompting you and you've ran? God has prompted many of the men and women that are in our addiction recovery program. We've had people call, fill out their application. I need this place. I got to be there today. And there's a waiting list and they can't get in. But God has prompted them, do the right thing, stick it out. God has a purpose for them to come. God has a purpose for them to get saved and to live a life that goes beyond anything we could even imagine. And some of them do the right thing and they stick it out and they call weekly. I need to get in there and they make their weekly call and the wait list is cleared and they come in and God grips their life. There's others that during that time period, they run and they take people down with them. And then they get into a storm and they're thrown overboard and there's not always something to save them. Some of them are lost for eternity. Now, I don't know when they've run, how many times they've run from God. God 
will call you. It only takes one call. That's all you need, one prompting. God doesn't promise, I'll keep coming after you. He doesn't tell us. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting there right now and you've been prompted by the Lord, where will you spend eternity? You know, we have people dying around us from COVID-19. I'm not saying you're going to die from that. I'm not going to say you're not going to live for a period longer. But none of us know what tomorrow brings. But I can tell you this, I'd want to know, just like I want to know where my food's coming tomorrow and will I have money to pay my bills? I want to know all those things. That's here on the earth. What happens after that? I want to know if I'm going to heaven or I'm going to hell. If you have no idea how to do that, I challenge you to be prompted to pick up that phone and call America's Keswick. Somebody will answer that phone and walk you through the steps of salvation. You know, I have a question for you just in general. Where are you going today? Where has your mind gone? During these couple of months, have you let your mind wander? You know, you're home alone. You have your tablet. You have your phone. You have your iPad. You have your computer. Where has your mind wandered? What TV shows are you watching that are not encouraging, not uplifting? Where have you allowed your thoughts to go? God speaks clearly in the Bible. Um, set your minds on things above, not on things below. God also tells us to think of things that are honorable, that are commendable, that are just, that are truth. Where has your mind gone? Are you reading things that are not true and then are you speaking them? And are you spreading rumors and lies? Where has your mind gone? Where are you going with your mind? Where are you going with your hands? What pages have you turned in what book that you should not be in? And you know it. I've, been, I've done things, and listen, this is confession time. Let's be real with each other. How many times have you flipped through something, read something, and you know as you're doing it, I shouldn't be here? You know when you're a kid and you look around, anybody watching? Teachers coming down the hall, can I get away with this? Your parents are coming, <gasps> you want to hide it because you know you shouldn't be doing it? God already knows. He sees. He knows the heart. He doesn't need to see the pages of the book or whatever. He sees the heart. Where have your feet taken you? Where are you walking into? Where are you walking away from? Where are your feet running from? Where are you going? Where are your ears going? What are you listening to? Are you listening to praise and worship and being uplifted? Are you listening to people that are crying out that need the Lord? Are you listening to someone that simply says, I can't find toilet paper? And we laugh about that. But to some people, this has been a big deal. They couldn't find it. And you've got 25 rolls sitting in your bathroom. Are you listening for a need that you could meet? There's a church that I know of that will hear of a need and they put a little business card and it says Jesus loves you and so do we. What a better thing to get some toilet paper and put it in a bag and stick a note on there. Jesus loves you and so do I and maybe put a Bible verse with it or a track or make a meal or bake some cookies or do some kind of random act of kindness to remind people that I'm listening. I heard that. They don't need to know it's from you. Don't be all showy and I gotta say it's me. Just do it if God's prompted you to do it. Again, like I talked last week, if you say, but this is all I have, I only have this one can of something left and God's telling me to share it, God, uh, you don't know, this is all I have. And God's saying there's always enough, don't worry about it. If the Lord has prompted you, you need to go where he's prompted you to go. 
okay, so today, I want to stress over and over and over again, God is enough. Where are you going? First of all, are you going to heaven or hell? And if you know for sure, without a doubt, that you're going to heaven, amen. If you're sitting there and saying, yeah, I'm going to hell, I pity you. I challenge you to go in scripture right now and read what an eternity in hell is like, an eternity without the Lord. An eternity in hell is exactly what the word says. I want to challenge you and ask you, where are you going? What has God asked you to do with your ears, your eyes, your hands, your fingers, your toes, your feet, your whole body, your mind? If he has asked you to go somewhere and he's asked you to do something and you're just looking over there, can you hear God saying, Lynn, where are you going? So I'm asking you, where are you going today? I just want to thank you for stopping by. I'm so glad you and I get to chat like this. Listen, girlfriend, next week, don't forget, mark it on your calendar. Tuesday next week, we're going to have the same date, just you and me. We're going to be here. We're going to chit-chat. I want to ask you also, leave a comment below. If you have a favorite Bible verse you want to share, encourage each other with that. If you want to leave a comment on how God is using you right now, or what God is prompting you to do, or how we can be praying for you, you feel free to live, leave a comment. Also, don't hesitate to call America's Keswick, and we would love to chat with you and encourage you. And if you need salvation, today is the day God is saying, where are you going?